Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. As you know, if you've been with us, and I hope you have, we're learning what is the providence of God over evil and sin. We have a vivid picture of this in the life of the Hebrew young man, Joseph, in the book of Genesis. And we have an even more vivid picture of this in the death of Jesus Christ, written about in the book of Acts. And thus far in Acts, we have focused on chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. Today, I want to take us a little further along in Acts to chapter 4, verses 27 and 28. As we continue to uncover and discuss divine providence, let me first remind you what is being taught, and then I'll read these verses, and we will affirm what is said. To be ready for the Bible reading when we get to it, open your Bible to Acts chapter 4. Our main focus is Acts 4, 27 and 28, but for context, I will begin the reading at verse 18 of Acts 4. No matter what, insert your finger in the New Testament book of Acts at chapter 4, and as you turn there, consider this. The greatest evil the world has ever known is the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the perfect man. He is totally innocent of any wrongdoing. Jesus never sinned. There is no evil in him. He was completely unworthy of human judgment and being sentenced to death. The supposed judicial trials he endured at the end of his life were all bogus. Jesus was sent from God as Messiah to his own people, and yet those who were his own did not receive him says John 1, verse 11. And the Jews conspired with the Romans and executed Christ on the cross. The motivation behind all of this was Satan. There was the evil one implementing his evil plan. At the same time, we believe God is sovereign. The predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, Acts 2, verse 23, predestined all of the circumstances that culminated in the death of Jesus. It is God who made sure Jesus be crucified. It happened at the exact time and place and in the precise way of Almighty God's choosing. He providentially directed the actions of evil men, such that redemption from sin is secured through Christ's atoning death at the place called Golgotha. And yet in willing this and permitting this, God the Father did not sin against God the Son. God did not sin against Christ by ordaining Christ's murder. Absolutely not. There is no evil. There is no sin in God. God, as the Bible says, is holy, holy, holy. And so we ask logically, then who is to blame? Who did sin against Christ? Who did this evil against the Son of God? Who is guilty in the eyes of holy God? Who will be held accountable for this sin? And the Bible gives a very clear answer. It is the evil and sinful men who plotted and planned and perpetrated the death of Jesus Christ. What these men meant for evil, God will use for good, the salvation of many. 
And through providing redemption from sin, God will be honored and God will be glorified. But the evil and sinful men are still responsible for their own iniquity. Both of these are true at the same time. And again, we find this truth in the text we turn to this day. So let me set the context. In Acts chapter 4, the focus is on the apostolic ministry of two of Jesus' apostles, Peter and John. They were teaching people by proclaiming Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Because they were faithfully preaching the gospel, they were arrested and put in jail. One thing leads to another, and Peter and John are going to be released, but only with a stern warning from the council. And the council is the Jewish Sanhedrin. These are the 71 members, including the high priest, that make up the national ruling body and supreme court of Israel. Here is the stern warning from the council to Peter and John. I'm reading Acts 4, verse 18. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Well, that's clear. Basically, we're letting you out of jail, but do not go out of here and continue your preaching about this Jesus. Understand? Oh, how I love the response of Peter and John in verses 19 and 20. This is Acts 4, 19 and 20. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you, rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Basically, we do not obey men, we obey God. We are going to keep right on doing what we were doing when you arrested us. We are going to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether you like it or not. And that is what the apostles did, and that, my friends, is what any one of us who belong to Christ must do today. We live in a society where Christians are being told to shut up, to keep silent, and to bow to the commands of the ruling elite who hate God. Mere men and women who have no authority over us when we obey God and tell others about Jesus. Are we prepared to keep on telling others about what we have seen and heard about how Christ has transformed our lives? Are we prepared to accept the persecution that is now here, an assault against us? Are we prepared to be outcasts in the culture because we dare to proclaim what is true? We have a lot to learn from Peter and John and to apply to our lives, don't we? Brothers and sisters in Christ, let us remain bold and unwavering in proclaiming Christ the Lord. Following their overnight in jail and scolding from the Sanhedrin, Peter and John returned to their fellow Christians and immediately burst out in prayer to God. It is in the middle of their prayer we read our text. This is what they pray. I'm reading now Acts 4 verse 27. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. Acts 4 verses 27 and 28. Who is to blame for Christ's death? 
who did sin against Christ, who did this evil against the Son of God, who is guilty in the eyes of holy God, who will be held accountable for this sin? The Apostles' Prayer answers, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. Herod Antipas, the Tetrarch, is guilty. He treated Jesus with contempt, mocked Jesus, and he and his soldiers are the ones that dressed Jesus in a discarded military robe. Pontius Pilate, the Roman procurator, is guilty. He is the man who had Jesus scourged and handed over our Savior to be crucified. And the Gentiles who oppose Jesus are guilty, men like the Romans who nailed him to the cross, and the peoples of Israel who hated and rejected Jesus and cheered for his death, are guilty. God is innocent. And yet, verse 28, these were gathered together against Jesus to do whatever God's hand and God's purpose predestined to occur. This describes God's providential hand in the death of Christ. While God can never be charged with being the cause of evil, he nevertheless ordained the evil of Jesus' crucifixion for the good of the salvation of his people from our sin. This is why no Christian can fail to understand what is meant by providence. It was by the providence of God that Jesus Christ was crucified dead, slain for our sins. Of course, it is also by the providence of God that Jesus is resurrected from the dead. Bible texts like this one in Acts 4, 27 and 28 should be paramount in our minds and hearts always, but especially when we approach Good Friday and what many call Easter. I much prefer Resurrection Sunday. Good Friday, the day we solemnly remember our Lord's death for our sins. And Resurrection Sunday, the day we celebrate His resurrection from the dead, are all under the providence of Father God. Well, thus ends this series on the providence of God. In a sense, we will always be talking about God's providence here on God Is, because the Bible never takes us away from the providential and sovereign reign and rule of God. And what happens in each of our lives every day reflects the Lord's providence. Still, I hope our focus and the scripture we have read and discussed is clear and convicting. And I pray this time together has been beneficial to you in some way. If so, would you write to me and say so? I would love to hear from you and know what you are learning and what questions or comments you have. My addresses are forthcoming, but let me give them to you now. By email, it is mark at godisministry.org. That's M-A-R-K at godisministry.org. By regular mail, God is P.O. Box 802, Winchester, Massachusetts, 01890. Hang on for these to be repeated. And please do not delay. Write to me this day. Thank you. And if you missed anything in this series, just go to our website and click the series link for The Providence of God. It is right at the center of the homepage on God is Ministry. Dot org. That's God 
is ministry.org. And then be sure and be with us next time. I think you will be encouraged by what comes next as we gather together by the radio and by the podcast and continue to discover who God is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.